Welcome to the School for Mystics podcast with Misha Seidel and Marina Galan. In this podcast, Marina and I will share with you unique and contrarian perspective of how our lives really work. Hey Marina, we are recording our episode now. Hi Misha. It's a good thing that you let me know that you were actually going to start recording. <laughs> I want to move closer to the microphone. Yeah. So tell me, did you always know who you want to be? No. No, I think there are there are two different ways to go about it. You either know who you want to be or you know who you are. Hmm. And you get confused about who you are when you get too caught up in who you want to be. Explain. We get so caught up in what the ideal for us would or could be that we miss the chance to look at ourselves and discover the perfection of what already is. Right? Yeah. I don't know, I remember, you know, being little, my mother had this admiration for dancers, ballet dancers. And so, of course, I wanted to have that grace and I wanted to have that elegance so that I would felt seen by my mother. But in wanting to be that, for a while, you know, I got lost of, of the natural talents that I actually did have that had nothing to do with grace and elegance, mind you, <laughs> but they had their own grace and elegance to say it one way. Right. But we so easily buy into what the culture tells us that is ideal for us or the family tells us that is ideal for us, that we stop listening to who we really are. I was talking to someone today about something similar to this. And we were talking about why knowing what you want, knowing what you really want is key. Mm -hmm. But not knowing what you want rationally, like based on what would be ideal for me, but knowing what you really want, what is actually true for you, the desires that are alive in you in spite of everything else that is being said or everything else that is being fed to you. And um, it seems to me like because life is perfectly designed, it knows exactly what you need. But in order to guide you there, it must place inside you that desire. That wanting if you do not follow what you truly really want what is true for you you will miss the opportunity to have a happy full whole fulfilling life a life that was and is being prepared for you beyond yourself right but you must honor what you really truly deeply want. How do you understand 
what your true desire is? <laughs> ah. well, I think I, I really believe that is a very personal exploration, but I think it has to do, or at least for me, it, let's say that for me, it had to do with doing a very deep inquiry regarding feelings and what feelings seemed to call me into movement and what feelings seemed to hold me from movement and what feelings were, you know, kind of like my allies in the movement that were not the principal feeling that was pushing me or guiding me or pulling me into action. The, the feelings that were allies. So in that in, in that deep inquiry, I discovered that for me, the feeling that calls me is joy. Mm. So how do I know that something is calling me, that that is the right way, the path I have to take, is because it brings me a deep, deep, sometimes completely irrational joy. The things that make me joyful, just because they make me joyful, not because they show it or because there is a reason behind it. But don't you know that only when you do it? Well, no. For example, if I think, if, if, I, <laughs> if I think about... I don't know, uh, kickboxing. I don't really feel joyful at all. <laughs> Whereas, you know, if I think about walking out, walking in nature, walking in a, in a forest, or, you know, looking out at a quiet lake, I can feel that joy bubbling up inside me like, this is but, you, but you rely on experience. Like you, you, you can create this imagery in your head and feel in a certain way based on the imagery in your head. But what if there is like you're young and you don't have enough experience and you haven't tried a lot of things and you don't really know what joy is until you try it. I agree. I completely agree. And yet when you place two different toys in front of a baby, they seem to be drawn to one more than the other. There must be something there calling them that way. Again, it might not be joy for them, whatever it is. For me, that feeling is what I call joy. When did you discover that? How old were you? When I discovered that joy was my, was my thing. Yeah. <laughs> about 12 years ago, more or less. And since then, you allowed joy to guide you? I try my best. Sometimes I get <laughs> I'm really good at fooling myself. But yes, yes. And, and I like the word you used. I discovered that joy was it for me. Because, you know, it, it's a a revisiting of your life and seeing what what is the thing that has been guiding you what are, and if you if you really find it you can see that when you have followed that 
it hasn't led you astray. Yeah. It's led you exactly to your best possibility in terms of experience. Not necessarily in terms of circumstance, but in terms of experience, yes. So for me, <clears throat> joy is the thing that allows me to bring forward my heart into life, to be touched by it in a myriad of ways. Never for you, Misha. No, 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 no. I know you have endless questions in your mind, but you're going to have to tell me yours. <laughs> yeah. It took me 17 years to discover my guiding principle or my guiding birth. You were 17? My God, that's so young. No, no, no. It took me 17 years. I was 32 when I discovered that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Got it. So when I first started looking for it, and then by the time I discovered, 17 years have passed. Remember I told you that first time when um, I got this book by Dale Carnegie, my, my thought was, you are the author. It is supposed to be you who has written the book. Yeah. And it was like really, really strange thought. So exciting. And I just dis missed the thought I'm like ah, nah, I don't know how like that's impossible like who am I and the next time the same thought came to my head when I was around 30 years old so I was sitting in the um, it was a conference and um, I was sitting with my good friend and they were authors and coaches and motivational speakers and and all that kind of people. Yeah. yeah. That kind. That kind of people. I and love that kind. Yes. And the thought I had, I was looking at the guy, that oh my god, this is complete nonsense that he's talking about. And then as I had a question in my, in my mind. Why are all these people are listening to that nonsense? And the answer was, oh, it's easy because you are the spectator and you're not on stage. The arena. The arena. That was the birth of arena, right? Of my, of, of my company, right? And it was so true. I realized that, well, obviously, you know, this space, space is taken by someone because you don't have the guts to tell everyone what you think and what you feel and what you think is right to say. There you go. What's true for you? Exactly. And, like, and I promised myself never to be that guy. You know, and he was like, he's very, very popular. He has literally millions of followers. <laughs> and, and I thought, geez, that's so superficial, whatever he says. It's not deep, like it's not moving, it's not changing lives. And then after that moment, it took me another, I think, three years 
to finally start trusting my guiding bird. And for me, you said that it is joy for you. For me, it is interest. The feeling of interest. All-consuming type of interest. Or we could, we could call it zone, or we can call it flow. But every time when I feel that, I now trust myself. Yeah. And it's funny that it took me so many years, but probably there was a reason. But Misha, nobody tells us that we need to find that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if someone had told me, hey, you know, when I was, I don't know, five, you need to find the one feeling, you know, that, that kind of drives you and you need to trust that. I would have paid attention much earlier. But because we live in a world that is, you know, outside in, you you fall into the trap of believing that that doesn't exist. You know, you just have to look at the options out there and realize which one you want according to the rationale of what is best for you and follow that. And oh my God, the things we do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone can actually explain that. Like, it's whether you know or you don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, you've been experiencing that interest, and I have been experiencing this joy since day one, right? Like, I, I've seen it in my children. I see how they're driven by something. So I, I've made my best attempt at pointing it out to them, you know, like, that, that's it. That's the one thing that will, that will certainly guide you through life. Forget about the rest. Yeah. Yesterday, my daughter was going to bed and she said, hey, can you show me real magic? I'm like, yeah. Oh, God, that's so sweet. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, of course I can. I can explain you how it works and I can show how that works in my life. And I gave her the like attracts the like principle. I explain how it works, that you basically get more of the same. And she was like, no, 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 hold on, show me the real magic. And I'm like, hey, this is real magic. This is what actually works in life. And look how many beautiful things we have and if tomorrow you wake up and if you feel happy, you will attract happy things in your life. You will attract happy surprises and happy moments and happy circumstances, if you may say so. And she was like, hey, but, but sometimes I feel sad. Doesn't mean that I will attract sad, sad things. Like, yeah, but why do you feel sad? Uh, because, you know, a good friend of mine told me these bad words. I'm like, no, because your thoughts, they are bad. And it is all under your control. You are the magician and you run the show. And then she got silent and, and started thinking, like really, really thinking how she can change the next day. So today they're destroying the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
which was a perfect example of what you can do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Why, why do you think it took you 17 years to find it once you were like actively looking for it? Like, where were you looking? What was it that, that made it last for 17 years? Have you read the book by Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God? I have, yes. Yeah. There is an older book that was written 50 years before Conversations with God. And uh, it is called Conversations with Devil. And it was not written by... No. No, it was not written by Donald Walsh. It was written by Napoleon Hill. Okay. And that book has very interesting story because he gave the promise to his wife that he will publish the book, that the book will be published only when he will be dead. And in that book, Napoleon, he kind of has this, or leads the conversation with the devil, and he asked the devil, you know, how he works and what he exactly does. And devil explains how he controls the whole world by controlling the thoughts of people. And the way he tricks people is by giving the thoughts and people think that these are their thoughts. So, so the greatest trick the devil pulled was convincing people that he did not exist. Right. And the bigger trick is that when people believe all these destructive thoughts, people start drifting in their lives. They drift, they procrastinate, they don't think, think for themselves. They just trust the thoughts that are in their heads. Instead of questioning these thoughts, instead of giving the opposite thought, instead of inquiring and watching the thought, but they think it's like, oh, if I think this, it must be true. So answering your question, why I was so confused, <laughs> I thought I'm thinking the right way. I thought, oh, I cannot be a therapist. I cannot be a coach. I cannot be an author. You can't make money. Nobody will like you. You won't find a woman that will love you because you're not making any money. <laughs> so you better work hard. Go find a real job do that and everything will be fine and no matter how much money I made doing other jobs I never was happy there you go because you were not following your what did you call it interest interest yes I was I was doing what gives money and not satisfaction yeah. you know um Many companies, they, they have this label, satisfaction guaranteed. 
my thought is, oh no, it is never guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's based on the premise that they know what you're looking for. Yeah. How do you help people now when they come and they are unclear? They don't know what is their passion, what is their interest, how they can create value for other people. How do you help them find the truth? I try every way I can. <laughs> Does that answer your question? <laughs> Partially. Um, I never know when it's going to work out. Every person I work with is the whole experience is completely tailor-made for them and, and from them. But I guess someone once told me, I don't know if this is true, but someone once told me that one of the origins of the word demon or devil is the one that questions. Doubt, right? Doubt, creating doubt, someone who creates doubt. When that questions, yeah. yeah. So I guess the one that questions can go both ways. You know, it can take you to confusion, but it, it can also bring you to clarity. Yes. And so by questioning truly what it is that they, really, that they truly want, you know, like purifying, purify, I like that word. Mm-hmm. purifying, decanting what it is that they really want and what they are doing about it. it helps a lot. Because like what we were saying earlier, you know, like if you are not honoring what you really want, you're going to end up in a life that you don't like. You are. So most people that, that come to me looking for what you're talking about, looking for clarity around what they really, really want and how to go about it. They simply don't have clarity about what they really, really want. And they think that they have a sense of what they really want, but they believe that what they have been doing is a way to get in. So it's just, it's just a misunderstanding. They're just, they're just missing the point. It's a misplaced energy. But that's all it is. They have everything they need. They're just misplacing it. How I do that? With a lot of time and a lot of attention and a lot of love. Yeah. It helps when you know that they actually know as well what is their passion and what is their interest. They just need to quiet down and listen to the spirit singing. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what your experience is, but maybe you can tell us. In my experience, a lot of people cannot come to terms with what they really want because they judge it. Yeah. You know, like, how am I going to tell someone? You know, how am I going to admit to myself that I really, really, really want Prince Valiant? <laughs> well, if that's what you want, that's what you want. 
you know, it's, it's, it's not personal. The way life is informing us is, has nothing to do with you. So if, if that's what you want, admit that that's what you want. And then realize it, whether you're, you know, acting, about, doing something about it or not. Because the truth is that you are where you are choosing to be, whether it is what you want or not. Right. What your experience, Michelle? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've seen different cases or situations. In one situation, the woman actually knew what she wants to do, but she was scared. She would say, "Hey, but it, it doesn't. It won't give me any money." <laughs> Or um, she's like, oh, really? But everyone will think that I am, you know, something wrong with me. Yeah, absolutely. I had once a lady and, and she is a CFO of very, very big company. And she's like at the top, she reports to CEO and shareholders. And we, when we had this conversation, and she basically said, you know what? All I want is just grow trees. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't do that. You know, I'm making so much money. And I want just grow trees. Yeah, but we go back to the theme of pure goals, right? Yeah. Like, if you think that the money is going to buy you the happiness, you're mistaken. And she knows that's interesting. And I'm like, are you happy? She's like, no. Do you know that whatever you're doing is not making you happy? No. Do you know that whatever you're thinking about what you're doing is not making you happy? Yeah. She knows that. And then, but it's just the money. Which is and then, opposed to want. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. This is the money. This is so important. And I have, you know, I need to give education to my children and we need to have this gorgeous house we live in and all of that. I'm like, yeah, but in the end of the day, what would you be thinking about, you know, at your, like, before your death? You were thinking about how much money you made or whether it was a happy and tru truly satisfying life. And another category is, oh, I just, you know, a person will come and say, I just truly, truly don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I truly don't have any interest. And it is never true. It's never true. I agree. And what about, I'm sure you've, you've had a lot of these ones. So have I. <laughs> the people that think, well, what I want is to make my partner happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or my mother happy, you know. Or, or my children. Happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It cannot be that. You see? That's yeah. not honoring what you want. And in a very, very strict way, you are actually teaching your children, your partner, your mother, to not honor theirs either. Yeah. It's so interesting. Since life of service is not a bad life, but when you ask these people 
do you feel good when you do that? Do you feel inside truly good? You know, or truly well when you do that? And they're like, oh no, I just want to, to please them. I just want them to feel well. But do you feel well yourself? Do you feel like you're doing the right thing for yourself? And generally, the answer is no. I'm lying. Yeah, and, and I'll give you. I'll give you some right. Like sometimes you really want to make someone happy. You know, you just really want to make them smile. Yeah. But it gets to the point where you know the repetition of that stops making you happy, stops bringing you joy and interest because you're simply not honoring your own path, your own way. Yeah. I like the phrase, you cannot please your life out of yourself. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> there's another quote. I think it's Clint Eastwood, I'm not sure, but that's it. Like, I don't know what the key to success is. <laughs> The key to failure is trying to please everyone. (laughs) Especially for women, right? It's like by society in many countries, the expectation is you need to be a good girl. Oh, yes. And being a good girl means pleasing. You know, pleasing your children, pleasing your partner, pleasing your parents, everyone. I would go even a little bit further than that, Misha, and go that for women, it's a lot about sacrifice. Yeah. The pleasing part, you have the counterpart in men, you know, like they are the breadwinners, they are the supporters. So it is about making everybody happy and making sure that everybody's okay and protected. Yeah. But the, the difference that I see is that for women, it is about sacrifice sacrificing themselves for yeah whereas the man is working your life for yes those are like the two huge areas no the two the two huge paradigms that we that we are faced with yeah sacrifice your time sacrifice your health sacrifice your dreams sacrifice your success and your feelings for some reason. Yeah. Absolutely. And generally for an illusion. <laughs> generally for an illusion. Ta-da. I think it would be really interesting to talk actually about the, the, the myth of sacrifice in women in a, in a future episode. Yeah. I love talking about women. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Maybe because I am one. I don't know. (laughs) So sacrifice, the next episode, we're going to be talking about how people sacrifice themselves. Well, I I can talk about women. Yeah, how women. You bring the counterpart for men. That would be really interesting. Okay. So the nature of sacrifice from both both points of view. Yeah. Let's say let's start with the women first. Come on, Misha. <laughs> and then we will as as we discussed and we'll talk about 
the breadwinners and working your life out. The yes. time of work. Yeah. Let's do that. Wonderful. Cool. See you next time then. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the School for Mystics podcast.